0: Hello, and welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. But wait, before we dive into this week's episode, there's something I need to tell you. Audience growth can often be misunderstood. So I want to make something abundantly clear. Audience growth is not about vanity metrics. Oh, no. It's not about growing an audience so that you can become an influencer or grow your personal brand. Although, if that is what you want to do, then it will undoubtedly help. However, what audience growth is really about Is something bigger than that. It's about making sure your business survives and thrives. Because doing business today does involve growing an audience. Your business needs a group of engaged people who care about what you do and who will, at some point during the customer journey, support you, recommend you, and ultimately buy from you. What lies underneath the goal of audience growth is the need to grow and nurture that group of people so that your small business can survive and thrive. So what am I doing to help? Starting on the 4th of October 2022, I'm running a free challenge to help you grow your audience in three days. If you've joined any of my free challenges before, like thousands of other entrepreneurial women have, then you'll know what to expect. If not, then get ready. It's a vibe. Can I say that without sounding cheesy? Probably not. But trust me, this challenge is fun, free, and fast-paced. Show up live and you're going to get results in just three days, I promise. We'll share the link in the show notes, or you can sign up right now via this link, nickyhutchisoncom forward slash October 2022 challenge. I can't wait to see you there. Now on with the episode. Hello. Welcome to this very special Tuesday episode of the Audience Growth Podcast. Now, normally every episode of this podcast comes out on a Friday, but this week it is a very special episode with a very special guest. Today, I'm chatting to Teresa Heath-Waring. Teresa is an international best-selling author, an award-winning speaker, TEDx speaker, trainer, podcaster, and business owner. She is an online business, marketing, and mindset expert who works with business owners from across the world, helping them to build a business and a life that they love. Sounds good. And if you haven't already, then make sure you go and check out Teresa's podcast and then come back and listen to this one. Because what we've done is we've split our conversation into two and the first half you can listen to on Teresa's podcast, which is called My Dream Business, and the second half you can listen to here and now. So hopefully now you've listened to the first half of our conversation. All that remains is for me to welcome Teresa Heath-Waring to the Audience Growth Podcast.
1: Hello. Thank you, Nikki. I'm really excited to be here. This is a strange and new concept that we're doing. So we've already been chatting for a good half an hour, and we've talked about so many good things like what needs to be in place before you start doing organic marketing, what organic marketing is, some of our thoughts around the online world. So if you head over to my podcast, which is your dream business or just such trees eat wearing, you will find me on wherever you are listening to this podcast and you'll get the first half of this conversation. But this is cool. I think I might do this going forward. I like it.
0: It's fun. I'm enjoying it. So Teresa, just in case any of my listeners haven't come across you before, tell us about your business and what you do.
1: So I have been in marketing a very long time, about 17-ish years because I'm very old. Basically, I have had my own business for seven and I help business owners from all over the world create, and I hate saying this, although I totally believe in it, it sounds a bit bleh, but I help business owners create businesses and lives that they dream of. So one thing that I do is I understand them and what they want from life because I think there is a big... Well, there certainly was when I came into the online world of this is how your business should look. You are successful when you hit this amount of money. If you're doing one-to-one and not one-to-many, you're failing. Whereas it's just all rubbish. It depends on what you want for your business, what fits with your family, your life, your season of life. So one thing that I do is I work really hard with my members and courses that I do and in-person stuff. I do a lot of work around mindset. I love mindset. I love a bit of woo. And I get them to understand who they are and what they really genuinely want from them and their business. And then I give them the marketing tools and the know-how and the confidence to go out and go and get it. So that's what I do in a nutshell.
0: Fabulous. So as you said, we have already been having a conversation mainly around how to grow a business using organic marketing. And we've been talking about ways that you can grow your audience without spending money on ads. So I know you've got a lot to say in this area
1: as well. So let's continue where we left off with part one. So we were talking about the fact of like, ads abominate at the moment. (laughs) And we would joke that all the ad managers out there are like, please don't say that. For us, in terms of my success in the past, like I did an ad once where my very first lead magnet, I put it out on a Facebook ad and I spent something like £90 and got, are you ready for this? And don't ask me to repeat it because I can't. I got over 800 (gasps) opt-ins. Wow. Can you actually believe that? Like, I did it. It was the first one. I thought, oh my God, this is great. Did the second one. I was like, oh no, that didn't work. (laughs) Like what went wrong? (laughs) I don't know what I did or how it worked or what was the magic. But some reason, while I kind of vaguely know, it was a really good lead magnet and I targeted exactly the right people. And yeah, I can kind of say why. I'd never get that repeated now. So for me, ads just haven't been cutting it. And then also audience growth is so important. And one of my big audience growths was standing on a stage and talking to people. And then the pandemic ruined that for me because I really loved it because it meant they would fly me somewhere. Amazing. Which in itself helped as an audience growth anyway, because it's like, wow, Teresa's in Dubai, Teresa's Mm -hmm. in Cyprus, Teresa's in the States she must be doing all right because look at all the things she's doing. So for me, the pandemic really put kind of pay to that. And then during the pandemic, we talked about the fact that the first year or so the pandemic was great. And again, my audience built really well that first year because I was on everything online. I was doing all the summits. I was doing talks. I did one talk and this didn't do much for my business, I have to say, but it's really amazing. I did one talk that was sent out to something like 104 different countries around the world and was viewed by 500,000 people. Amazing. Unfortunately, they were all students, but like (laughs) it was amazing. It was for Philip Kotler who did, if you do a marketing degree, you'll know who Philip Kotler is. Yes. And I was very privileged to be asked to speak at his first ever UK event, met the guy and at that event, I had my photo taken with him, which is totally bizarre. But yeah, it was his online event and it was huge. So that was great. But then the pandemic had an amazing upturn for online businesses, but then it started to fall away a bit. Now I'm not saying it's over and done and I'm going to go and get a job at Tesco's, but it's definitely changing. So now my audience growth is taking a different change and a different look in a different way. So previously, I would always talk about go on other people's podcasts, hence what we're doing. Like, you know, Nikki's built up an amazing audience. You're listening to this because you love her. So if I can come along and you think, actually, this woman's all right, I don't mind her. You might not think that and that's fine. But then you might go, I'll go check her stuff out, vice versa for Nikki being on mine. So that's brilliant. Things like guest blogs, you talked about that before, Nikki. I've had some quite nice successes from guest blogs and things. That's been good. I tell you what did, like one of the best organic things I ever had was I was invited to the quietly influential summit with Fifi. I did a session on mindset because obviously I talk a lot about mindset in business and I talked about my kind of I hate the word hacks. I don't hate the word hacks, but my kind of mindset strategies that I use mm. to keep me driving forward. And I had a lead magnet, obviously, because if you're going to grow an audience, you've got to send them somewhere. And I was sat there one day because obviously with all these summits, you pre-record them and I can vaguely remember when they go out. And obviously they send me stuff to promote it and we put it all in the schedulers. But when it comes to the actual day, I don't always remember that today is the day my video is being shown. And suddenly I am getting notification after notification after notification of all these people opting into my lead magnet. I'm like, what the hell have I done? Like, this is amazing. (laughs) And it was that summit. It was a very well-engaged, Great audience. She worked very hard on it and she brought together an amazing group of people. And therefore, when someone was on it and went, I've got this lead magnet, obviously I didn't say lead magnet, Mm -hmm. but you know, I've got this download, they all downloaded it. And it was amazing. Fabulous. Those sort of strategies for me are just brilliant if you can get them.
0: So we talked on our first episode about being a joiner and making sure that you're joining the right communities and things. And it sounds like you have built up a really fabulous community full of people who not only want to work with you, but also want to book you to deliver sessions. Has there been a strategy behind that or how has that worked for
1: you? So this is a great question because I'm going through a shift and I'm I'm going to be really honest about the shift. So basically it was, I would say yes to anything. Okay. You ask me, I'll say yes. So I remember back in the day, my husband used to kill me. I would go and speak. We have Biz Mums local to where mm-hmm. I am, but I think it's UK wide. And some Biz Mums people would say, would you come and speak at Biz Mums? And I'd go, yeah, fine. And I'd head over to a play barn, <laughs> yeah, wherever it was, a play there. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even like going with my own child when she was old enough, let alone when I don't have a child. And I would sit in a play barn and I'd talk to four women and I'd come home and I'd say to my husband, what am I doing? And he'd be like, you're not doing that again. And then a few weeks later, would you come and Yeah, of course I will. But I did. I went everywhere. And I was like, you want to speak out? I'll speak because I loved it. And also because I was honing who I was and how I showed up. And we talked on the first episode a bit about, you know, and it's a great question, like, can you accelerate the not caring what people think and showing up more authentically? And you'll have to go listen to that for the answer. But like that helped me do that in terms of the more I was showing up, the better I was kind of understanding how do I want to show on, you know, when I'm speaking to people, also getting to know the people I was speaking to. So that was brilliant. So I used to do that all the time. And basically you ask, I'm there with bells on and loving it and giving your audience the best stuff you can give. Like I joke, you know, that I once did a webinar that one person turned up. It's not a joke. I did once do a webinar, one person did that. That one person had the best webinar they've ever had in their life you know, you've just got to go and go, I'm serving whether there's one or whether there's 100. Absolutely. I'm glad to say that's never happened again. But <laughs> I mean, never say never. So for me, that was kind of the strategy going in. And then obviously what was happening is the more people were seeing me, oh, Teresa's going to spoke over there. Teresa's gone and done this. Then the more people started asking me and the bigger events started asking me. And just the other day, I was contacted by a PR agency that worked for Sage, the accountant software. Mm-hmm. And they're doing this season, this feature of book club of people who recommend books. And they've asked me to recommend five mindset books, because obviously I talk a lot of mindset, you know, and that's ace. I don't know how they found me. They just randomly contacted me and that's brilliant. And actually what's quite nice about that stuff now is they pay you. Like some people now, like I've done a few things where I've teamed up with another company to do a webinar for them. And I've been paid for my time. So not only have they put me in front of their audience, but I've actually had some money. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not talking millions here. If you're talking (laughs) hundreds, you're doing a good job. So that was brilliant. But do you know what's happening now is, and I want this to be like not a warning to people, but just kind of an interesting take is now I don't get asked.
0: Because people think
1: you're too big. Yeah. And it drives me crazy. I said it on the podcast (laughs) the other week, like just ask. Someone said, and it's so sweet and I love it, but I don't know where it comes from. Like I did a live with someone and someone messaged this person afterwards going, oh my God, how did you get Teresa? And she went, I asked her.
0: You are, (laughs) do you know what you are? You're like a celebrity who doesn't get asked out on
1: dates. (laughs) Honestly, and I don't know how or why this has come about. Like, I don't get it. Like, it's lovely and very sweet. But honestly, I am the most down to earth, the most human, the most like, honestly, I will do anything because I just love this stuff. I just love talking and I love sharing my stuff. It's just so funny. So I'm now at this really odd point where, and I'm very honest about this stuff as everyone will know, who knows me. So obviously before pandemic hit, I was being seen everywhere, which meant I was getting invited to all the big things. And no one was inviting me to the small stuff. And then all of that stopped because the pandemic hit. And the online stuff does not translate like the in-person stuff. So even though I did that event, which was to 500,000 people, which is obviously the biggest audience I've ever been put in front of, It looked like nothing online because it's just Mm -hmm. me talking to a screen. Mm -hmm. So it's not me taking a photo of a massive venue with loads of people in it. So that had a big knock-on effect. And now what's happened is those things haven't quite picked up again. In the States, they are, but they're not wanting to fly people out because, again, having people online made people realize we could actually do Mm. this. So if they do want you, they're likely to want you online. So that's had a knock-on effect. But then, of course, like I said, I'm not being asked to do smaller mm-hmm. things, which I would 100% happily do. So now I'm in this position of, okay, how do I build my audience without doing those big things? So I think my strategy now, and I'm not even sure if this is the question you asked. I'm so sorry, I've gone down intelligence. <laughs> but my strategy now is one, one, Constantly tell everybody, I will speak anywhere and I won't charge you. There are very few places that pay for my time and they tend to be big companies, and that's great. And if they can pay for my time, great. Obviously, I'll accept it. Mm -hmm. But if you have a membership and you want me to come and do a talk in it, or if you have a podcast or a live or whatever, I do not expect to be paid for that. Of course not. And if I'm free, I will do it. But for me, so it's that trying to get that message across. But also, and I'm so glad you talked about being a joiner, I didn't have to be. And maybe, very honestly, maybe my ego told me I didn't and shouldn't because I get invited to all these big places and I get seen. So this afternoon, weirdly, as it would have it, Nikki, (laughs) I am doing a networking thing, which I have not done for a very long time. And I can tell you how long I've not done it for, that I've actually got one of my members who's a queen of networking. She's actually a personal trainer, but geez, man, she is phenomenal. She's actually coming around to talk to me about how I network because it's been such a long time since I've done it. But just to go and cut myself out and then to join in and see people and hopefully they won't know me and I won't know mm-hmm. them. So that'll be mm-hmm. cool. So I get to mix with new people. But just to try and remove this almost like position of like, I don't know. This kind of veneer, I guess. Yeah. You know, as lovely as it is, and I am very honoured that people think that, it's not the reality. It's not, and I always joke saying, you know, that does not add up to my bank balance.
0: And you don't want to be that single celeb. <laughs> no, I absolutely <laughs> don't.
1: <laughs> I want to be involved, you know, which is why I've gone down the route of putting on an in-person event because of the fact that, you know, I want people to come and see me and hang out with me just because I love it. I love yeah. talking to people.
0: I love that too. I think there's so much to unpick there from what you've said. And it's funny because one of my questions I was going to ask you was how do you decide what to say yes to? Well, that's now abundantly clear.
1: Yeah, for me, as long as it's my audience, which my audience is very wide anyway. Like I said, I did that thing for students. If I'm free, then I will say yes to it. You know, we had this thing we were talking about in the membership, in my membership. Someone said they were going to start doing lives when they reached a certain number of followers. Mm. And I was like, okay, so why is that then? Well, you know, because I said, but why are you doing the lives? And she said, well, to help and to serve. I went, so you're telling me if it's under 50 people, it's not worth serving them? And I think we have to get over our own ego. And it is hard because sometimes, you know, you do go to these places and like, it's lovely. And I've spoken at Atomicon for the past, God knows how many years, well, every year actually. And people will be like, oh, can I have a photo taken? And it does feel a little bit like, oh my God, am I famous? This is amazing. <laughs> like, and you can't help but get excited. But then you're just a human. You know what I mean? Like, just be normal.
0: I think that's the thing that it can feel really hard to remember as a person looking up to somebody who is, however many years ahead of you in business, has an audience however many times bigger than yours. It is hard to remember that underneath that is just a person who has the same fears as you and would love to be approached as much as you would.
1: Yeah. And if they don't, because I've been somewhere before where I went and approached someone and they were an absolute tool, like they were an idiot. And I thought, you know what, you don't deserve it. Because if you haven't realised that you're where you are because of the people that love you and support you and buy your stuff and listen to your podcast or whatever it is they did, I just think... You're not anything without them. So the Mm. fact that you're going to be rude and also things like, I have a real bee in my bonnet with people who don't respond to their own social media, that have a team do it for them. I don't like it. I'm quite publicly open about it because I just think, what does that say about you? It says, yeah, no, I'm not interested in the conversation you want to have with me. I'd rather give it to one of my team. Thanks.
0: It also makes me nervous if I know that somebody who I want to have a conversation with, for example, has a small agency or a social media manager managing their Instagram, I'm not going to reveal too much in those DMs because I don't know who I'm having that conversation with.
1: No, exactly. And then I just think, what does it say to your audience? I remember being at a conference once years and years and years ago, and there was, I was going to name drop it, but I won't. There was a speaker <laughs> and she said, you know, follow me on Twitter or whatever. So I went to her Twitter, took a photo, was going to ta- well, I did tag her in it. She followed no one, oh, literally no. zero Following, but had all these followers. And I was like, that's basically you being a billboard. That's not exactly what you said about building relationships, having conversations with people. That's none of that. That is just you going, listen to me, everybody. I just think it's wrong.
0: Yeah, it's that ego coming into play that you mentioned. So we've talked across the couple of episodes that we're putting out today. We've talked about a few different ways to grow your audience. We've talked about being a joiner, putting out lead magnets, driving people to your website, showing up on social media. What other tips and
1: strategies have you got for people who are trying to build an audience today? I think for me, being you and showing your face, I think that's a big one. If you're trying to build an audience and you are your business, you do have to show your face. And again, you know, a strategy that I'm now using is all these lovely photo shoots that I've had done, and I've had many done, we're starting to move away from some of those photos and we're trying to put more very natural looking photos up. Because again, it's that approachability of it. It's that kind of friendliness of it. I think the fact of trying to just being brave in asking to put yourself out there, like what is the worst that someone can say? No. So I've asked to go on big podcasts that they've said no, and that's fine. You know, I've asked big people to come on my podcast and they've said no, and that's fine. Because at least I asked the question. So, you know, at the end of the day, what can it hurt? And this is where, you know, I love the mindset stuff because it's a case of, you know, literally the worst that can happen is they can say no, that's it. No reflection on you it could be any number of reasons why you're not okay for a podcast episode or a whatever, whatever, but just go and have that conversation. Just go and ask the question. And then for me, one of the strategies that I'm doing is and when people interact with me, I'm making sure I'm trying to DM them back or voice DM them or video DM them, build those relationships a bit more. Because also one of the biggest things for me is I have a community of the most phenomenal business owners who rave about me. I could not be more grateful, but they do my job for me. So when people find my podcast, it's often because someone's recommended it, because someone shared it, because someone's done something. So I think one loving those people who are in your world already, regardless of the size. Mm. So a bit like I was saying before, oh, there's only 20 people here. Well, flipping love those 20 people as hard as you possibly can, because those 20 people are going to all go and tell three friends. And then suddenly you're going to have all that coming back to you. So making sure that you are loving the people in your community, in your world. And like I said, my thing for my business is I see you, I hear you, you matter. And for me, if you're trying to build any audience... That's what you need to do. They need to matter. They're not a number. They're not just another Instagram follower or another podcast download. They're actual real people and we need to treat them like that. And I think sometimes in our quest to build an audience, in our quest to get the numbers, we forget that and we forget to love the people we have got. Because we look at, you know, <laughs> I'll go onto a webinar with, I don't know, the Amy's of this world or the Jasmine's of this world. I'll watch a live with Jasmine and there'll be like 600 people on the live. I go live this six. Like you feel to yourself, like what am I doing? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I still show up the same way as I'm going to show up. And again, I let that ego step to one side because otherwise you could go. Oh, I can't believe I only got six people. Thank you, those six people, for sitting and listening to me whitter on for half an hour. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I really appreciate it.
0: And also, there will have been a day where Jasmine had six people. Got to start from somewhere, haven't you?
1: Always, always. And I just think. Just keep showing up. I talk about her a lot, actually, because the fact of, I remember watching her lives years back and all she kept doing was showing up every week, doing the same thing, whether anybody was listening or not. And that's where I think the tenacity and putting our ego to one side is big. Because if we can just show up and talk to one person, then great, fine. Because then the next time there might be two and then there might be three and then there might be 10. You know, but it's that keeping going and not going, well, there's only one person, I'm not going to do it again.
0: Yeah, exactly. And going detective mode to make sure that those numbers do start growing over time.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think there comes a point where, and I give the podcast an example all the time. When I first started, my assistant at the time said to me, how long are we going to do it for? And I said a year. And she was like, that's like a really long time. And I said, well, yeah, but you know, I need to commit to something. I'm going to do it a year. And it wasn't until month nine that suddenly it looked like it's that whole phrase of a hockey stick where Mm -hmm. it's like shoots up. And I remember my husband saying and my assistant saying like, what have you done this month? And it's like nothing. I did nothing different. And it was like it took time to build momentum. It's like that snowball rolling down a hill. And then suddenly it was like, boom, here we go. But it took till month nine. So what if I said three months or six months or three weeks? Like I'd never have got there. And now I'm on episode 248, I think has gone out at the point of recording this. So probably another... 10 episodes on by the time this comes out, that's huge. And it takes a huge amount of time, but it is worth it. And it does help my business. Whereas like you said, if you're not paying any attention to that, and I said to you on my episode, I have to constantly say to myself, I need to keep going back to it. It's never something that you're like, Oh, fix that. Brilliant. This is what's getting the audience growth. That's what I do. Constantly changing. Like I said, pandemic changed it. Coming out of the pandemic changed it. Now the world is in an interesting place from money and Brexit and wars and all that jazz has changed it again. So it's not something that you go, oh, well, I did investigate. I was the detective. I did find out and I've done that for the next 10 years and it's fine because it definitely won't be.
0: And it's interesting because I really believe that as small business owners, we embody this terminology that I'm about to mention, but actually it comes from corporate. And that is that we need to be agile and we need to appreciate and understand that marketing is not a
1: one and done. Constantly. And we are in the best position to do that. Like I, yeah. as you have done, we've worked for big companies, big corporate people, big agencies and it's like turning a tide. It's ridiculous. Whereas I could literally go tomorrow, we're going to try this and we could try it. So I think being agile and not getting swept away by the latest thing. Yes. Like reels. I should be doing reels. I can't bear them. I don't know how to do them. I, I do know how to physically do them, but I don't know how to make them work for me. And they're on my plan every week. Teresa's going to do a reel on this. <laughs> do I do the reel? No, never do. I might have done by the time this comes out. But yeah, I think not necessarily jumping on anything. to think, and it is that fine balance of doing something that sits well with you, doing it for a little while so you can see if it works, but then making sure you know whether it's working, tweaking yes. it, trying again, tweaking it, trying again.
0: And giving yourself the time and space to think about things. It's funny when you mention reels. I literally just had a meeting with my assistant before this where she was saying, Um, going to do a reel this week. <laughs>
1: so glad like, it's not just me.
0: Actually, yes, but let's brainstorm a series of reels and let us do it properly. So that it's not just...
1: Oh, I've got them. I've got the series. I've got more <laughs> written down every single week. And so far we're on week three and I've not done one of them. And so <laughs> yesterday, Becky voice messaged me going, so today this should be going out, but I'm assuming you haven't done it. <laughs> no, Becky, I have not done it. I might do one day, but not today. <laughs> well, it doesn't seem to be doing you too much harm. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But like I said, never rest on my laurels. Never.
0: Absolutely. Well, I have truly loved our conversation me today. Too. I love a chat about marketing and I have loved a chat with you. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you, Nikki. I've had a scream.
0: Obviously, this is part two of a two-parter. Episode one also went live today. And where can people find that?
1: So you can just search Teresa heath and I will appear everywhere or go to your podcast player and search your dream business and you can find us over there.
0: Fabulous. And we'll put all of that in the show notes too. Wonderful. I hope you enjoyed both halves of our conversation, both on Teresa's podcast and on this one. It was an absolute pleasure to welcome her onto the show and do let me know what your key takeaways were from our conversation today. Now for next week's podcast, we're back on a Friday. So the next episode will be ready for you to tune into on Friday, the 30th of September. And I look forward to seeing you then. But wait, before you go, if you haven't already, then don't forget that I have a free three-day challenge, the Audience Growth Challenge. It's coming up. It starts on the 4th of October. And if you haven't already signed up, then make sure you do that right now. I'll put the link in the show notes, but you can also sign up at nikkihutchison.com forward slash october-challenge-dash. 2022. I can promise you, if you've done free challenges before and thought, why did I bother? I really didn't get into it. I didn't get much from it. That is not what this challenge is going to be like. We have got so many awesome testimonials from the last time that I ran a challenge, which was this time last year. And you can check them out via my socials before you decide to sign up. But I promise you, it is going to be worth your time. So I look forward to seeing you there and on the podcast again next Friday. Take care.